vampires and angels just like him being i don't know like i feel like often he's just like a super creepy dude or he's typecast as that for a while but then he got to be lance armstrong and, uh, and that guy's not a super creepy vet. dude or a vampire <laughs> what if lance armstrong was really a vampire i think it would sound a little something like this go, go ahead camera i'm sending you up go ahead live um i want to i'm going to live strong forever <laughs> Okay, okay, that's good. I also would have accepted to... <laughs> die strong when I bite you in the neck, that is. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the, the, the funny thing about vampires is uh, they all only have one testicle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good. <laughs> good pull, shall we say? Ah, fuck. Shall we just get started? <laughs> mm-hmm. So we can say the stupid things in the show? I want to make Hooray. that be the intro uh, without <laughs> any explanation. <laughs> That's your punishment for that joke. <laughs> oh, nice. That's what you get for making me edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Never should have handed that power over to you. Nope. Hello, and welcome to Think Outside the Box Set. It's a podcast about artists that may be misunderstood, unrecognized, or dismissed, and I'm Natty Light. Uh, <laughs> and I am Cameron DeWitt. Uh, I don't have a Bob Marley joke. Um, we're revealing... Uh, we're reviewing... <laughs> fuck. We're revealing... You're, with that. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Cameron. Uh, yeah, we're so reviewing Natty Dread. Uh, what is this, episode seven? Seven? Does it matter? You keep you you keep asking the number, and it's like, does it... I mean, does it really change it anything? to me. I mean, people it can just look down at their pod snatchers and see the number right there. <laughs> Snatch those pods. Snatch yeah, this is pods. Natty Dread, another good album by Bob Marley. Yeah. It's true. He did it again. I, I finally remembered um, what my nickname was that uh, this album title reminded me of. Natty Light. Just like the shitty, shitty beer, I will uh, give you diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, at, least it's not, at least it's not as bad as Keystone Light, okay? Let's, let's be real. Just like, I don't know. I, I was just really arrested by the idea of being able to give someone diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> it's my shitty superpower. <laughs> just point a finger like zap that actually would be really cool and good especially if you could do it to uh like people across great distances if you like see someone on tv and you're just like zap oh, donald yeah. trump is at one of his rallies and you're like zippity zap zap shit your pants zap it's like a death note but it's diarrhea note. <laughs> <laughs> diarrhea <laughs> note. the new anti-remake the name. of <laughs> anime the anime <laughs> classic death note <laughs> yeah i just write the name in a brown notebook and then instantly that person <laughs> has uncontrollable explosive projectile diarrhea everywhere. <laughs> oh my god. We're like seven year old boys at heart. We we've never grown up. We're like we're like real Peter's pan. I've been seven this whole time. <laughs> You're a vampire. You're immortal. Yeah. I'm yeah. a Bart Simpson. And I am a Benjamin Button. Hmm. What do we do on this did podcast, you, Cameron? Did did you like this this album? Yeah. I don't think I liked it quite as well as some of as maybe the last one or the one before that, but it's still good. Ooh, yeah, it's I liked like, it more than the last one. Oh, ooh, hmm. I thought it was produced even better. The produ- the production is really good. Yeah, yeah. I feel it's like so the fresh and so clean, clean. It's true. I feel like lyrically, maybe the songs are not quite as strong um, overall. Um, but yeah, 
still, I mean, he still manages to have songs that are about things, which is still very much a coup for the history of our show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like really, um, really hard to know what to say <laughs> about mm-hmm. his songs because they're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're the weird, dumb stuff we can make fun of. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of it, but mostly just because slang has changed than from back in the day. Uh, 1974, Natty Dread, Bob Marley and the Wailers. It's the first one in which the Wailers does not include Peter Tosh and Bunny Whaler. Mm. Hmm. Uh, but it is the first one recorded with I3s, which is a female vocal trio consisting of Marsha Griffiths, Judy Moat, and Marley's wife, Rita Marley. Rita Marley, who I guess at this point, they've been married uh, since like the mid to late 60s, I think. Yeah, I think so. Like they've been married for a while. Yeah. Um, and as far as the album title goes, Natty Dreadlocks, um, if you look up on Wikipedia, it apparently is sort of a stock character. Um, oh. Synonyms uh, Natty Dread, Natty, Dready, or Dread is a Rastafari term for a member of the Rastafari community. The image of such a man is often used in reggae music and elsewhere to represent an idealized personification of the Rastafari movement as a whole. Uh, it combines the term Natty as a natural and a style of dreadlocks which have formed naturally without cutting, combing, or brushing. So it's a little bit like a, like an Uncle Sam or what, there's a UK one too, I forget the name of, John Bull or something like that, where like he he's a, uh, there's like a single figure that is sort of a, uh, I guess a synecdoche for the community. That's oh, your vocabulary word, he's like, synecdoche. He's like, I want you to have natural dreadlocks. Yeah, precisely. Great. Uh, but not, if, a, hopefully not if you're white. <laughs> not if you're white. I want you. No, not you. No, not, not you. you. That's actually an where interesting point. Where did you point. all come from? Do... <laughs> do white Rastafarians also have dreadlocks? Do wait, do hmm. There must be it's, white Rastafarians, right? Who are not who are like generally like genuinely uh, participating without just being appropriating or being dumb. Right? There right, must be, right? It but the the religion seems so ethno specific and ethnocentric. It kinda does. You know? Yeah. All Although right, let's, let's look this I don't up. Know. White yeah. Rastafarians. I'm going to be so mad if all we can find are a bunch of, like, stoner frat bros. Hmm. Uh, okay. Uh, there's a BBC article from um, uh, 2009, Rastafari uh, Beliefs About Race. Oh. Uh, it says, hmm. the black person is the reincarnation of ancient Israel, who at the hand of the white person has been in exile in Jamaica. Um, so they regard themselves as the genuine Israelites. Mm, I guess this is BBC, so they probably know what they're talking about. Uh, I guess, but I don't think that's all Rastafarians, right? Yeah, surely it's not monolithic. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, it it very specifically says here that they believe they've been persecuted by white people. And (laughs) I mean, that's not so much a belief as a historical fact. Um, and the form of this punishment is their subordinate position as the slaves of whites. That doesn't make sense. They're, they're being punished for being persecuted. Is this a bad article? I think it is. Here here we go. Jamaicans.com. White Rastafarians. Uh, you probably imagine a Jamaican man with dark skin and dreadlocks, blah, 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 blah. There is a small but growing population of Caucasian practitioners. No, I'm not talking about teenage skateboarders who smoke marijuana and listen to reggae music. I'm talking about real deeply religious white Rastas. Um, this is a long, long article. Um, 
do, do. I mean, this is this is this makes for good audio. Just like us reading silently. I mean, it's a long art. I don't want to read the whole thing. Here we go. Many people would also argue that because it is an Afrocentric religion, white people have no place in it. Well, according to that logic, all Christians should be Middle Eastern. Right. I don't know if that quite tracks. <laughs> well, yeah, because like Christianity specifically in it is is. Um like multicultural in, in its design. Right. I mean, I mean, probably more than half of it just comes from the Greeks. Right. <laughs> uh, especially through the influence of St. Paul. Right, right. Hmm. Ah, here we go. In a faith which preaches the rejection of corrupt white culture, how are white patrons received? There seems to be a conflict in the Rasta community. Many Rastas are skeptical when they meet or hear of a white person who claims to be Rasta. They assume naturally that they come to Rasta through listening to reggae music or worse as a way of justifying their misuse of the sacrament. There also seems to be a fundamental distrust of white people and historically for good reason. Um, but here, here we go. A true Rasta would say that all man is equal and everybody, white and black, come, came from Africa. So it is only natural that all people, regardless of race or color, turn to Rastafari for the highest truth and overstanding. Um, however, the common sentiment among Rastas is that whites cannot. Yeah, it's a common thing from what I understand, from what I overstand. <laughs> Uh, the common sentiment among Rastas is that whites cannot understand the, quote, black struggle as they were never taken from their homeland and enslaved. Uh, but surely anyone who really cares about the human race on the whole can appreciate the need to stop violent acts like this. Uh, after all, Rastafari itself teaches that all people are one with God or Jah, as they say, derived from Jahweh of the Old Testament. Yeah, there okay. You go. So it does say in modern Rastafari, especially more contemporary sects such as the 12 tribes, white Rastas are welcomed. Okay. So that's... Uh, are you saying... Was that, was there supposed to be punctuation there? Or are you saying there's the 12 twi... The 12 twibes? The 12 twibes. <laughs> the, the 12 tribes of right... Wa- oh my God, Nathan. <laughs> Cameron, you've got a real twung twister going on. I'm not even going to try to finish my thought. <laughs> 12 I'm so twibes discouraged. of twite twastas. <laughs> Suffering sacatash. It's 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 an idea so upsetting that I couldn't. My brain wouldn't <laughs> let me pronounce it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there may be twelve tribes, and there may be twelve tribes, if you know it, and there may be twelve twibes also. I think it, that might not be. Let's see, uh, twelve. T- Tribes may also refer to 12 tribes of Ishmael, descendants of Ishmael from Book of Genesis. 12 noble tribes of Croatia, a late medieval nobility institution. What? 12 tribes of Israel, Rastafari. Rastafari group started in, or formed in 1968. And 12 tribes communities, a Christian movement started in 1972. Oh. Mm. So is it the 12 tribes communities? Huh. Why are we talking about white Rastafaris? I don't know. It was like a really long tangent. Yeah, let's get to talking about the songs. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, as a, as a side note. Um, Here we go. Well, it's about the song, you ding dong. Uh, Cameron and I uh, have decided to uh, try experimenting with our old format again. And to talking about talk every about song. Every song in order, baby. And uh, we saw um one of our listeners talking about this on the discord and how they missed the old format and uh, forgive me i don't have discord open right now so i can't pull up that person's name um but uh they were talking about how much they missed it and uh i think i mean bob marley seems like a good fit there's only 10 songs here and yeah. it's it's nice to be able to be a little bit more comprehensive just give you a little taste of it at least song. do it for any artist that uses um long play records because uh it won't be over an hour 
Ah, uh, yeah, like in the old vinyl days. Yeah. Yeah. It was Ian on Discord who uh, said Thanks, he kind of missed the old format. Thanks yeah. for the feedback. Yeah. So uh, we decided to give it a shot this week, and uh, we'll see how it goes. And then, of course, you know, next artist that we cover, if we end up with someone like T-Pain or ICP who has 25 songs in every album and blah, 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 we'd obviously reserve the right to not <laughs> have to talk about all of those in order. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, shall we? I guess that means let's talk about the first one. Lively up yourself. Oh yeah. Cameron, are you gonna lively up yourself? Uh, I hesitate to agree to do that because hmm. i don't know what that means ah maybe it's masturbating uh <laughs> then in that case yes <laughs> well clearly yeah self-care uh-huh you know, working from home yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh is this just like an appeal to positivity don't be no drag you lively up yourself That's- oh reggae is another <laughs> bag Appeal to positivity is my favorite euphemism for masturbation. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go appeal to positivity in there. Don't come in. Don't come in for at least 30 seconds. Uh, You lively up yourself and don't say no. You're going to lively up yourself because I said so. Yeah, it's kind of forceful when you just read it. Harsh stepfather over here. Outside the context of the music. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, he doesn't. I'm the man in this house. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> reggae stepfather you hate me but you will respect <laughs> it's a reference to a childish gambino line <clears throat> oh yeah uh one of the few songs of his that i've heard a lot of does he besides... really say reggae stepfather no he says rap stepfather oh there you go. that's why i said it was a reference and not a quote uh do what you gonna do you rock so you rock so like you never did before yeah you dip so you dip so dip through my door hmm you come so you come so huh you skank so you skank so be alive today i mean we all know what that means right cameron i mean how about you just explain okay. that for uh the listeners who don't understand it because i definitely yeah, yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. On. I, got, I got you i got you okay yeah i'm going on jamaicanpatois.com and uh we got one oh no one oh definition no. of skank derogatory term for a young female well i mean but that's not I, that's obviously not what they mean i'm on i'm song. on niceup.com and it says skank to dance to reggae music which is number one there or number go. two to move with cunning ulterior motives oh i like that definition a lot isn't that great to live with cunning ulterior motives to to move with cunning oh, ulterior move. motives yeah. I thought you just said to live, like it's a lifestyle. <laughs> huh. Even on com, skanking, a form of dancing originating in Jamaica, now mostly done in ska slash reggae shows. Gotcha. Uh, all right. Well, let me look up skanking, uh, and then I'll describe it. Um, skanking dance. And I'm never, just going to watch it. You never skanked? I have not. I do oh. not skank so. Do you? I don't know about so, but I have I've, I've skanked a skank in my time. Uh, how to skank with Caleb McGoolson. <laughs> ah. And it's a person with a skeleton mask. First step. Of course. Oh, so it just looks like it, it, it's someone like moving their torso back and forth 
and like their fists are balled up and they're kind of they look like they're running in place this must be like oh and then they're kicking yeah yeah is this like a modern ska like white people skank is this different i mean i don't know how much it actually uh derives from the original but uh i mean the one i know is basically what you described there you go all right yeah oh um here here is one called reggae powerhouse band uh skanking so apparently there will be some skanking in this video we'll see ah um hmm. i'm just scrubbing for skanking i don't want no scrubs all right uh i got nothing he just looks like he's kind of like doing like a tango kind of like step so i don't really know well there you go uh can we talk about <laughs> I've the got music? a video where he's, there's a kitty skank where some dude grabbed his fat cat and tried to skank while uh holding the cat in his a very unwilling cat in his arms <laughs> cat does not appear to be uh amused <laughs> and keeps trying to get away <laughs> uh so there's a very good intro for this song oh uh, right the song of, a lot of good intros cameron uh, i think- see what you're doing you're just completely dodging the question about what the song's about uh, I thought we already cleared that up. <laughs> no, I told you to explain it to everyone because I get it, but then you never did. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like having a good time and dancing and maybe sex. Lively yeah, up your woman in the morning time, y'all. Yeah, it seems like it has a pretty loose meaning, but the general sentiment is like, uh, oh, cheer up. Or stir it up. Stir it up emotionally yeah. perform for us all <laughs> wait is that's not what it's about come on no it's saying like uh it's about having a good time and dancing and uh sex the inside dance no d- d- doesn't it say like uh, uh I- i'm trying to wonder why you act so what you got that i don't know don't be no drag i think there's some like why are you being a, a bummer in this oh hmm i mean those are lyrics in here i guess so i i'm obviously like exaggerating that aspect of the song to draw attention right. to it but yeah yeah yeah. but i mean even like the reggae stepfather thing you know like <laughs> mm-hmm. don't be a drag don't say no because i said so so yeah there's I mean, a little bit of pressure in this song i guess so i mean you can interpret that way i think he's mostly just like encouraging people to have fun and cut loose and have a good time yeah i agree it's one but, of those dance you know, imperatives like you like to say <laughs> a dance imperative and a sex uh, so imperative, the- which is more problematic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, more on that later, actually. Who are you calling <laughs> like a moron? Let's put a pin in that. Um, so this intro, it uses like a blues scale, like a minor pentatonic scale. Um, but then the key, uh, when the vocals come in, is very clearly major. And I think it's a really cool sound. So you'll hear the instrumentals playing the minor key notes. And then when the vocals come in, uh, when the background vocals come in, it's it's all major. When they start singing the chorus, you're going to lively yourself up. Hmm. Let's listen. <laughs> this is all great. Major. Yeah, that is very major. Yeah, huh. I like that effect quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's a little bit lost in uh, in the Skype and uh, in the episode ultimately is how how good the stereo image is and how clear it is. 
Um, there's a lot of stuff that's just panned only to the left or only to the right, and I think really effectively. Um, so you'll have to go back and listen um, instead of just uh, imagining it, because I believe this this show is pretty exclusively in mono. But because um, it's such mm-hmm. a big file, what do you want me to do? It if we, if I did it in stereo, it'd have to be really low resolution. So right. Plus, there's accessibility concerns, and uh, yeah, I actually I have set my iPhone to force all audio to be mono um, because I so Crazy. often listen to pos- podcasts with one bud in one ear. That makes sense. Yeah, I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah, it's in the accessibility settings. Huh. So uh, the the organ comes in at one point just for like one long chord, and then it starts comping a little bit afterwards. But it's it's all the way to the left, and like the guitar is all the way to the right, at least while the organ's in. And yeah, it creates a really cool uh, stereo image. So uh, you can hear it now just to hear this like one super long organ chord, which I think is really catchy. Um, but uh, you should go, y'all should go back and listen to the actual recording with two earbuds in, not mono. He's doing like a real blues vocalist thing. Yep. Old Bobby is. I, I'm kind of like, pic- it's making me have the blues. He's got the blues. I'm actually kind of picturing, um, if you've ever seen the video of uh, Joe Cocker uh, no. playing with a little help from my friends at Woodstock, and he's just going insane in the membrane. Uh, I think John Belushi did a lot of like really funny impressions of him. I don't know. Hmm. It was a famous video. You can look it up. He's going nuts. Um, but yeah, that is to say, I'm just imagining him just straining and, uh, very passionately hollering. Yeah. He, uh, he's very, you can tell that what, that his presence visually would be very charismatic based on his vocal performance. Yes. Although you never know. I've heard of, you know, certain like famous, uh, rock vocalists in the studio, like laying down on their backs in order to get like a specific sound. Oh, I have heard that. <laughs> that kind yeah. of thing. So maybe... Maybe Lana Del Rey maybe does it that. it doesn't look that entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lana Del Rey is just asleep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she gets that sleepy sound. <laughs> yep. All right, you want to move on to the next song? Yeah. A very no, famous song. But no, not a woman. very famous version, no I would argue. Yes. I. Is it the live version that's more... Yeah. I, inc- I, uh, I included a link of the live. Oh, so, cool, 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 cool. So we can yeah, compare. Check that out. Along the way, yeah. In this great future, you can't forget your past. So try your tears, I say. Yeah, no woman a cry. No. So this is a lot faster than the live version. Um, I have a sample from a live version. I don't know if it's actually the one that everyone's heard, but it has the same kind of like tempo that, you know, I think most people are used to. So you want to play that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. No woman, no cry. No woman, no 
definitely a lot low here. Mm hmm. Uh, I really like the fast version. I like that the organ, they're using like the, I think the drum machine that's like on the electric organ. And oh. it's, <laughs> it sounds super cool. <laughs> it's like the platonic mm-hmm. ideal of like an electric organ drum machine. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it. Rap, rapgenius.com uh, has an interesting annotation on uh, No Woman, No Cry from the chorus. It says, originally it's No Woman, No Cry. Which you can actually right. hear him singing in the studio version, "Nuh Cry," which uh, uh, can be "Nuh" can be apparently used as a as a form a shortened form of "Don't" in Jamaican English. So that sort of clears up the grammatical misunderstanding that most people have about it, where they think it's they're saying like, "Oh, if you don't have a woman, then you're not crying," you know. Yeah, uh, having never listened to this song until kind of recently, uh, I just sort of assumed that's what it was about. Yeah, me too. Like a, well, I mean, a song I about men complaining about women. So, right. whoops, sorry. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah, e- even even with that that word "na cry," uh, it's still titled "no cry," like pretty pretty specifically. So, um, yeah. So it's basically addressed to his wife right? Hmm. I don't know about that. Because I remember when we used to sit in the government yard in Trenchtown, Trenchtown being a sort of a uh, low income district uh, near Kingston with uh, government housing that are kind of seem like not very good high quality housing, but a lot of the, a lot of the houses would have like a yard or a courtyard of some kind. Uh, so sit in the government yard in Trenchtown, Oba observing the hypocrites. Yeah. Mingle with the good people we meet. Yeah. Good friends we've had. Oh, good friends we've lost along the way. In this bright future, you can't forget your past. So dry your tears, I say. Yeah, no woman, no cry. Um, and I think yeah. he, both he and his wife did grow up in Trenchtown. Huh. Yeah, th- this song is kind of interesting. Like he's he's making this case for her to cheer up. But his his case is it's just two verses um, about either the same event or different events. Like the verse two is pretty similar uh, in the government yard in Trenchtown. So maybe it's the mm-hmm. same day or maybe it's just another day. Um, and then Georgie would make the firelight, I say, a log wood burning through the night. Then we would cook cornmeal porridge, I say, of which I'll share with you. Yeah, my feet is my only carriage, so I've got to push on through. But while I'm gone, everything's going to be all right. And that's the whole everything's going to be all right bridge. So like I, it doesn't really seem like he's actually building a case. He's just sort of trying to say that um, uh, in this bright future, you can't forget your past, but why? Like, or like something, something in those stories is supposed to make her cheer up. I don't really know. I don't know why she's upset. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that seems sad in the song is the good friends we've had, good friends we've lost along the way. Yeah. Um, Which then he immediately after that says, in this bright future, you can't forget your past. Um, So then... I, I don't know. It's It seems like you can find kind of a narrative thread there. He says, we've lost friends, uh, but you can't forget your past. And then he reminisces about all these positive experiences. Georgie making the firelight, cook cornmeal porridge that they shared. Um, and then my feet is my only carriage is, is like, you know, we were poor. We didn't have cars. We didn't have a, a lot of like physical yeah. <clears throat> possessions, but I still was able to get, we were still able to get around, you know, um, and then from there, he segues into everything's going to be all right. Right. So, so, I don't know. There's sort of a thread there. In in the live version of this song, that's like really famous. I'm pretty sure he sings about, 
like being uh, captured by pirates or something. Like he's talking about you're, the slave trade. You're thinking of Redemption Song, Cameron. Fuck. Come on. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> pirates come, they rob I, sold I to the merchant ships. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. My bad. That might be the was, Bob Marley song I know the best. <laughs> I was getting confused because, well, this isn't actually an excuse. Like this is just like how unfamiliar I am with the music. But I had like a coworker who, so I used to like teach a choir um, at this after school program. And uh, we would get like requests for what songs to do. And sometimes the requests were just like bonkers, like redemption song. It's like, okay, obviously the chorus is great for a bunch of these kids to sing, but I'm right. not going to like have a bunch of kids of different racial backgrounds, like sing about uh, the slave trade and how they were victims of it. <laughs> like right. when half the kids are white, <laughs> you know, yeah. like that's yeah. kind of fucked. Like there's like no way for me to do that, you know? <laughs> Yep. Um, but then I think she also wanted me to do No Woman, No Cry. So, yeah, it doesn't, I don't know. I mean, also, some of these songs don't seem like they would lend themselves to, like, a choir arrangement super well. Right. Especially, like, the <laughs> the clearly soloistic deliveries of the verses. Right. Yeah. It would just be them singing No Woman, No Cry, and then just waiting for that part <laughs> to happen again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless you get people like singing the organ parts and beatboxing and stuff. Just really go acapella with that shit. Just real pentatonics. <laughs> yeah. Real no holds barred or whatever that band was called. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, right. Um, <laughs> straight no chaser. <laughs> I hardly knew her. Yeah. Um, you have another sound sample from this song. Oh, yeah. So and the everything's going to be all right they like really they have very percussive tease in a way that i think is kind of charming That's the most convincing part of the song. Yeah. It's also maybe the most different from the live version, besides just like the the overall slowing of the tempo, because he definitely does not sing it in that percussive way in the live version. Um, So this song is written by Bob Marley, but it's not credited to Bob Marley uh, on his own. It's credited to Vincent Ford and Bob Marley, which is kind of a a little bit of interesting trivia for this album. Uh, Wikipedia says the liner album's liner notes list multiple songwriters, including family, friends and band members. All songs are written by Marley. And then it says he was involved in a contractual dispute with his former publishing company, Cayman Music. Uh, he had not wanted his new songs to be associated with Cayman, and it had been speculated, including in his obituary in The Independent, that he had put them, uh, the songs in the names of his close friends and family members as a means of avoiding the contractual restrictions and as a way to, quote, provide lasting help to family and close friends. Interesting. And That's Vin- smart. It's smart. And also, um, according to the contributors on www.rapgenius.com, Bob listed his childhood friend Vincent Ford as one of the songwriters. And uh, if you look at the credits, he's listed first, in fact. Uh, Vincent ran a soup kitchen in Jamaica, and the royalties from the song helped him keep the kitchen running. So There you go. Yeah. It's an interesting strategy. That's fun. I like that. I like it, too. 
All right. Uh, next song? Yeah. Them belly full, but we hungry in parentheses. Now the weak must get strong. They say, oh, what a tribulation. Them belly full, but we hungry. Hungry mob is a hungry mob. A rain of fall, but a dirty tough. A pot of yuck, but you don't We're gonna chat. He pronounces some of those words in ways that are hard for me to interpret sometimes. Uh, so the chorus goes, Then belly full, but we hungry. A hungry mob is an angry mob. A rain will fall, but the dirt, it tough. A pot of cook, but the food, not enough. You're going to dance to jaw music dance. Um, but in the sound sample you just heard, uh, I, I had, when I listened to the song without having read the lyrics, I thought he was saying, A hungry mob is a hungry mob. Because uh, he kind of okay. puts an, an A-H sound in there. And then... Uh, and then we, who am I to disagree? <laughs> right. I mean, you can say that again. Um, but when he sings the line, a pot of cook, but the food, not enough. It kind of sounds like he's saying you'd instead of food. Hmm. Did you, did you hear that? No. Now the weak must get strong. They say, Oh, what a tribulation. Them belly full, but we hungry. Hungry mob is a hungry mob. Hungry mob. A pot of yuk, but the yud not enough. Yeah, it does sound. I yeah, I agree. I wonder if I mean, is there a tradition in Rastafarianism of replacing other sounds, like the way they replace some sounds with I? Ooh, are you looking at the genius annotation of this? No. Should I be? Uh yeah. So it's saying that this is a reference to the poem uh duddy tough by louise bennett coverly oh um so i'm i'm checking this out right now but it says that the lyric the reference is oh i lost it the line oh, just, uh do a pot of boil bickle no enough yeah yeah um i mean it, so it, it sounds like a similar translation. idea well i mean pot a boil probably means pot is boiling i don't know what right. doa means dough pot no it can't be uh but it says bickle is slang for food hmm. so the pot is boiling but there the food is not enough and then gotcha. on to doa means don't gotcha don't boil a pot because the food isn't enough so yeah is is the idea is the idea that that dancing is supposed to keep people from being angry, from being an angry mob? Like, is that the idea? Oh yeah, um, bread and circus essentially. Forget your troubles and dance. Forget your sorrows and dance. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's but hard not to necessarily say. Necessarily in a cynical way. Yeah, like you know, you don't always want to be an angry mob. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's not the answer to every situation. <laughs> I mean, speak for yourself. Some of us do. Um, yeah, it's almost like the only like real salve they have or the only thing that like comforts them is just forgetting your troubles and dance, I guess. Yeah. Cost of living gets so high, rich and poor, they start to cry. Rich and poor. Interesting. Now the weak must get strong. They say, oh, what a tribulation. Um, hmm. Yeah. So this is, I mean, on Wikipedia and on rapgenius.com, there's a lot of references to uh, how shitty Jamaican... Uh, government and institutions were at this time i think the mm. next song really delves into that too um but yeah there's a lot lot in the in the uh the rap genius about this them belly full but we hungry a hungry mob is an angry mob uh one of the annotations says this is a warning to the government in jamaica and to the world at large responsible for each caste level if the poor keep getting poorer they will grow riotous and revolt 
Um, should we talk about the music? Uh, yes, please. So I only have one sample. Um, so this song, this song's in a minor. I think it's in which a which minor. minor? If, what? Wh- which minor is it in? Ah, it's in <laughs> a minor, the key of a minor. A uh, minor. Um, yeah, no, A, um, it's an A minor, uh, song. Uh, um, and the progression, I mean, um, mostly goes from, so I'm going to pull out my banjo here. I don't know if it's in tune close enough. So the, the progression mostly goes A minor, F, E minor. So it's in like a natural, natural minor. Uh, it doesn't have that, that dramatic major five chord. Uh, at least for most of it. Um, but uh, there's a really interesting thing where if if the guitar is comping, like playing chords, I, it's it's mixed pretty low, and mostly I think it's horns that are that are playing the chords on the offbeats. So mm-hmm. and it's just the harmony is um, is is expressed through the bass and the and the vocals and the horns, and then the guitar is just doing lines, which I like a lot. Um, but there's this really interesting part of the chorus, the um, uh, them belly full, but we hungry, uh, where uh, it's like them belly full, but we hungry. And then it kind of does this. I mean, it doesn't play all these notes at the same time, but instead of going A minor, F, E minor, it goes A minor, F, and then the chords stay on the F chord, but then the bass moves down to uh to an e and it kind of does that but it doesn't sound as dissonant with the way that they voice it but i think it's a really cool effect um so listen for the bass to kind of go down but then the 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 horns to stay on the same chord just for the line but we hungry and then the second line a hungry mob is an angry mob it the horns do follow it down so it is like does seem to be very intentional Okay. Oh, and the, mel- the the vocal melody also outlines the the chord progression that the bass is implying. So the horns are really the only ones that stay on that F major chord, the flat six chord. Okay, let's take a listen. The belly full, but we hungry. Hungry mob is a hungry mob. Rain a fall, but the dirty tough. Ah, yes, I do hear it go a little lower. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really interesting sound, and it's also interesting that it's not as dissonant as you would think. Um, I also, yeah, once again, you you really would expect a song like this, especially like in uh, Bob Marley songs uh, from past albums, they would go, a hungry mob is an angry mob. You'd think they would do mm-hmm. like an E major or E7, but they play that E minor instead, which, uh, yeah, is less um, conventionally dramatic. Um, but yeah, I, I think sounds really cool. Yeah. Strong choice. Good choices. Make good choices, Bob Marley and the Whalers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, next song, Rebel Music. Yeah, yeah. Three o'clock roadblock in parentheses. Three o'clock. The moment he sings, I've got to throw away, 
I'm just like, oh no, he had to throw away all of his weed. No, this is just a song about him having the blues because he got he got in a traffic stop. <laughs> it's true. That is what this is like. Yeah. At 3 a.m., 3 o'clock roadblock. I uh, love how specific it is. Like, right? you know, he he's, all, he's always so zoomed out, like in so many of his songs and so right. kind of expository. And mm-hmm. like, I love this... Uh, really specific moment that still has zoomed out implications. Um, but it's just like, ah, I had to get rid of my fucking weed. I'm so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> like Dude. it just seems like really uh, like annoyed. Yep. Um, yep. and it's indignant. Um, yeah, it's great. Cameron, do you know the, the Fela Kuti song expensive shit? No, it's kind of a similar song. Um, Fela Kuti was also persecuted by his government uh, for many reasons, but one of them it was his drug usage. Or if, if it wasn't the reason for his him being persecuted, it was one of the weapons they used against him, uh, right. mu- much like Nixon did in this country, and then was continued by every other president. Um, but so they raided Fela Kuti's compound, and so Fela uh, just like took his entire weed stash and ate the whole thing. Oh my God. And then, so the Nigerian police arrested him and took him to jail to wait for him to excrete the weed or something so that like they could like charge him for it or something like that um yeah. and then he eventually You're in possession of it in your bowels <laughs> exactly your bowels are in <laughs> and then he eventually uh shout out his most expensive shit <laughs> that's why it's called expensive shit <laughs> that's a that's a great isn't it good that's a great device <laughs> lyrical device i love yeah. that he was kind of a bonkers fella but he definitely had some fun uh fun songs yeah it was i think rachel who recommended i go check out shayon kuti when they came through uh oh uh, yeah and i did uh and it was an absolute delight yeah that's his son continuing the afrobeat uh tradition yeah super fun it was definitely the most twerking i've ever seen in person and probably (laughs) ever will ever see in person (laughs) i thought you were gonna say the most twerking you've ever done (laughs) (laughs) nope now i'm just imagining you twerking and it cameron cameron can i tell you something i like that image i how how would you like that (laughs) oh i can tell you a couple ways (laughs) two ways um Uh, (laughs) what were we talking about again (laughs) oh yeah uh rebel music Uh, three o'clock roadblock um yeah so we we hear yeah the three o'clock roadblock curfew he says and i've got to throw away yes i've got to throw away ah yes but i've got to throw away my little herb stock i rebel music yeah i'm telling you i rebel music uh take my soul and suss me out check my life if i'm in doubt i'm telling you three o'clock roadblock and hey mr cop ain't got no hey mr cop what you saying down there hey 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 mr cop i've got no birth certificate on me now it's a real uh, you're born <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's a real like papiera bitta situation yeah. um, actually i don't understand that reference oh papers please it's what the nazis used to to say to people ah yes um yeah, I mean, I basically have read almost all the lyrics except do to do to do. And then, oh, verse one, he starts with some rhetorical questions. Why can't we roam this open country? Oh, why can't we be what we want to be? We want to be free. So that's sort of the rhetorical setting up of the story that he tells. Yeah, right. th- those are basically all the lyrics in this song that I yeah, just th- read. This song's ostensibly, um, well, first of all, before I say that, I, I do want to say that he says my little herb stock, which I appreciate that he's like, he's pissed about losing a small amount of weed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's also a great detail. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, 
I like that and, it's a stock uh, too. Did he just like cut it directly off of the plant? I he has an entire kind stock. Of <laughs> it's not just like a I bud. kind of assumed that 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 was a typo and that it means S T O C K. Oh, okay. I mean, it could be either one. It could. I guess we're talking about plants here, so yeah. Um, plants are just so full of double of meanings, stocks. you know. A stock of stocks. So it's it's real. Um, the drama of that moment, I think, is very excellently delivered in the arrangement, and I have a little sound sample of that. Ooh, nice. Let's take a listen. My little herbs I was trying to find a credit for the uh, the the harmonica too, because there's some some wicked harmonica playing on this song. Yeah, but, uh, could not figure out who played. Yeah, it. it's like a blues song. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah, he's... I just love that he says my little herb stock. And he does pronounce the H, um, and then he he's silent for a minute, uh, or not for a minute, but for a moment, and then he goes <laughs> a whole minute. Ah! <laughs> like he's like taking in a big breath of air to, so that he can scream to the heavens <laughs> i'm just really charmed by it <laughs> exactly oh, that's uh, great. so delightful um yeah so this song is ostensibly written by the family man himself aston barrett um but now we know that that might not actually be true yes um, especially because it's apparently about are... a story that directly happened to bob marley apparently right if you can believe I mean, www.rapgenius.com could happen anyone. shall we move on yes uh what's the next song next song is number five so just say <laughs> So just say, not one of my seeds shall sit in the sidewalk and beg bread. There is some interesting yeah, I don't really mixing. understand what that means. There's some interesting uh, mixing of metaphors going on in this song. Like biblical allusions here, but they're yeah. different. They're than a little I'm used to. Jumbled, I might venture to say. Yeah. One of my seeds shall sit in the sidewalk and beg bread. I mean, I guess he must have commanded that because I've never seen a seed uh, sit and beg bread. So I guess uh, the seeds are following Jaws' commandments. So this one's credited to Rita Marley, who I, I would say it is possible that she wrote it because she had like a career, like a musical career outside of Bob Marley. So Right. <laughs> and inside of Bob Marley, it's too, too muffled to sing. Yeah. <laughs> God. Uh, this is this you, you isn't a that? very good trans. I mean, there's no good way to transition to this, but I was reading about her. And I found something very upsetting. Uh, Uh-oh. So I guess in 2004, when she was promoting her memoir, No Woman, No Cry, My Life with Bob Marley, uh, she claimed that he raped her in 1973. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, she refused to have sex with her husband because of his infidelity, but to no avail, Bob wouldn't take no for an answer. He said to me, no, you're my wife and you're supposed to. So he forced himself on me and I call that rape fuck yep man i mm, 
makes me like Bob Marley a lot less. Yeah, totally. I mean, I'm, this isn't to excuse. Um, I'm, uh, oh boy. I'm not trying to, ex- I'm not Just, trying to excuse him by saying this was, you know, this, it was a different time. Uh, I'm, I, I, as much as saying like, in order to like talk about kind of not anyone, I'm sure there are a lot of people who, uh, didn't rape their wives back then, but like this kind of thing men, is like, right. Am I right, Cameron? <laughs> This kind of thing is, like, kind of new to talk about. And, like, obviously everyone should have known uh, better uh, right. back then as well. Because it's obvious. And it's one of the oldest rules. Don't rape people. <laughs> like, N- well, moral not, rules. Well, not in our legal system. It was not a crime up until, like, 2005 no, I, I, or something. I, I, I just mean a moral sort of human rule. Like, it's not a new idea. Right. Right. No, no I, I know what you're getting at. But I was, I was just pointing out that at the time, it... Yeah, you're I, legally was allowed to rape your wife. Insh- yeah, assuredly not of... illegal, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just feel like uh, if we're going to talk about old music that's um, written by uh, men, then we're just going to come across this, and that's just going to be a thing. So uh, I think in general, the <laughs> I think it's still valuable to talk about Bob Marley's music and uh and like his legacy and just like not lionize him yeah Um, yeah so shit man that sucks but all the more reason to uh i don't know maybe next or at some point we should talk about rita marley and listen to her albums instead you know like to help balance out the attention that we're giving to this lionized man so right who is at least did a rape at, yes. at the very least at the very least so uh did she say it was like one incident or did she say it happened multiple times you know it it is it does seem like it's like it's one instant uh instance um in this story mm-hmm. like in 2004 she claimed that he once raped her in 1973 okay i guess that's so, better hmm. well yeah i mean <laughs> I mean, it's not good, but, but right. But you, it's also like, yeah, he's, she was, she didn't want to have sex with him because he was being unfaithful. And I can only imagine I've, I've just like heard so many stories about, um, male musicians from this era, like, um, just raping everyone. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, statutory like, or otherwise that story especially sometimes yeah like yeah led zeppelin uh david bowie like the list goes on and on and on so yeah um did prince do that shit uh i think so i think he like had relationships with some like 15 year old girls prince uh statutory yeah it was like you know it was it was the culture not i'm not permit i'm not excusing <laughs> it i'm i'm condemning the culture mm-hmm. yeah here we go here's here's an article from the daily beast called david bowie and rock and roll statutory rape problem oh yeah i have that ra- i have that article up as well the late music legend famously deflowered a 14 year old groupie i take issue with that verb uh, before she was yeah. stolen away by jimmy page why it's important to take our heroes to task for predatory behavior. I mean, I feel like that should be self-evident. I don't feel like you need to explain why, why we need to hold people accountable for breaking the law. Unfortunately we do because people like to say things, uh, like it was a different time. Uh, Yeah, you're Uh, right. You're right. (laughs) In, in a, in a defense and people don't want 
to unlionize uh, people like David Bowie. Huh. So yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's a part about Prince in here. Did you did you actually get to that part? The Prince part? No. Night uh, or when she was 16. She insists that Prince didn't pursue her seriously until she was 18. Right. He says he was my first crush and my first love, but we didn't start to get serious until I turned 18. He was very respectful. Oh well, maybe that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's still like it's still really weird. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah um all right well let's uh let's talk about this song a little bit more um now let me, let me just set that huge bummer aside uh yep uh verse one and verily verily i'm saying unto thee i knight oneself and love i manatee um he's he's boldly coming out and and saying that his uh persona is a manatee uh the title <laughs> of his biography i comma manatee so brave <laughs> so brave uh <laughs> stupidest fucking thing i've ever said on this podcast um but yeah here he is uh replacing syllables with i i night and i manatee to emphasize the uh subject or or personhood and subjecthood of every person uh then he goes because puss and dog they get together what's wrong with loving one another puss and dog they get together what's wrong with you my brother so yeah there's dog they get together they get together yeah there's nothing uh silly or uh slang hasn't changed in any way and uh there's nothing to to even (laughs) chuckle about with that it's very serious cameron (laughs) yeah i'm laughing about something else (laughs) oh totally unrelated (laughs) yeah sorry (laughs) (laughs) it's very distracting cameron this is serious business Uh, yeah sorry (laughs) don't make jokes this business is too sad uh, so just say, ye are the sheep of my pasture. So verily thou shall be very well. Uh, he repeats that. It, it's kind of that like biblical pastiche language again mm-hmm. that uh, he's gotten into before where it's like, it's not, I don't think it's direct quotes from the Bible, but he's kind of self-consciously writing in sort of a King Jamesy style. Yeah. That's a bit of a pet peeve of mine. <laughs> yeah, me too. When people use like King Jamesy or Shakespearean uh, language that's not a quote from King James. Yes. <laughs> As if God yeah. just like uh, decided he was going to talk a certain way in the 1600s and was like, that's, this is, is how I uh, talketh from now on. <laughs> uh, have you heard of the, the improvised Shakespeare company? Heard of it, dude. I watched that DVD over and over again when I was a dumb little dweeb uh, back in the late nineties and early aughts. No, oh. wait, shit. I'm thinking of, um, um, no, uh, Reduced Shakespeare Company. Is this is this oh, okay. different from the Improvised Shakespeare Company? I think so. Uh, the Improvised Shakespeare Company is just like an improv group that, uh, I think, what's his name is in it from Hello from the Magic Tavern. Um, the one who plays uh, Usador. Uh, Matt Young. Wizard. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, they just do apparently very impressively, like, improvised Shakespeare. Hmm. Yeah, I guess they're completely different. The Reduced Shakespeare Company is a touring American acting troupe that performs fast-paced, seemingly improvisational condensations of huge topics, um, including the complete works of William Shakespeare Abridged, which is the DVD that I watched a lot. Ah, yeah, I've heard of that. So have we talked about this song yet? Oh, About like what it is? About Uh, have we decided? We got pusses and uh, dogs. I mean, what more do you need? Uh, okay, so it's about, so how people are suffering in the ghetto, um, in the words of the song, um, 
and about hanging on and not letting go uh, and God's or Jaws providence. Um, hmm. He'll be there at your side. And then uh, Puss and Dog, they get together. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Nothing funny about that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing uh, at all. Yeah, it's just sort of a, um, a a a theological song, I guess. It's it's a message of hope. It says, yeah. uh, "Down here in the ghetto, and down here we suffer, but I and I hang on in there, and I and I don't let go." For Jase, I'm gone to prepare a place that where I am, thou shall abide. Yeah, so that's almost a direct quote. Um, so Jase, fear not for mighty dread, because I will be there at your side. I think they mean the emotion dread and not the hairstyle. I think mm-hmm. in this context. So. Uh, there's I and I Rastafari vocabulary. I and I. Um, hey, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. Hey, Cameron. What do you call when a well-dressed man goes and sees a spooky movie? You call it Natty Dread. Get it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. He's, he's Natalie dressed, and he's dreading the spooky Jason slasher guy oh on the movie. God, Isn't that good? Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> Uh-huh. <clears throat> okay, so I found a new Wikipedia article that's Congratulations. Uh, about Rastafari. Oh, okay. Uh, like, there's a section that's all I words. Um, iMac, so, you know, iPhone, explains that I replaces me, uh, I manatee. Was Steve um, Jobs a Rastafarian? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh, what's his name? iCarly? The sci-fi writer. <laughs> Asimov? Asimov, thank you. iRobot? <laughs> Uh, yeah, short for Isaac Asimov Robot. <laughs> um, I and I also spelled I ampersand I uh, is a complex term referring to the oneness of jaw in every and every human. In the words of Rastafari scholar E. E. Cashmore, I and I is an expression to totalize, to totalize the concept of oneness, I and I, as being oneness of two persons. So God is within all of us, and we're one people. In fact, I and I means that God is within all men. The bond of Ras Tafari, uh, that's two different words there, is the bond of God of man. The term is often used in place of you and I, or we, among Rastafari, implying that both persons are united under the love of Jah. Also in the Twi language, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, um, in which Patois uses a lot of Twi loan words of Ghana, me and me is also said, which literally translates to I and I. So hmm. that I'm might sure uh, that... unpack a little bit more like uh, the replacements of I um, with different syllables in, in larger words, like I manatee or I night. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay, so there's a lot of lot of uh, theory behind that. Yeah, yep. it's uh, not just a flippant thing. It would uh, it would appear. Shall Shall we try to pick up the pace? I think we're we're only halfway through the album. Oh yeah, we should. So let's talk about the the song about the well dressed man who goes to the spooky movie. It's called Natty Dread. Dread, 
<laughs> so this song is, it's a little bit of a nonsense song. This is, uh, I, I mentioned earlier that Natty Dread is kind of a proverbial figure in uh, Rastafarianism. is kind of like a uh, uh, personification. Um, and so this is just kind of like a silly song that doesn't really have much story to it. The lyrics are Dread, Natty Dread now, Dreadlock, Congo Bongo, I, Natty Dreadlock in a Babylon. Babylon, of course, being like sort of the the exile, the African diaspora <laughs> imposed by colonialists. Uh, children get your culture and don't stay there. And a jester, our battle will be hotter and you won't get no supper. So it's, it's yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a mishmash, this song. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of like a fun, it's almost like a, it almost reminds me of a nursery rhyme a little bit. Yeah. Especially a dreadlock Congo bongo eye. Uh-huh. There's this whole like kind of procedural part where he's talking about going up different numbered streets. Yeah. And talking to Natty Dreadlock over and over again. Uh, I think the implication is that it's just various people who all sort of represent this figure and not literally this like um, omnipotent being who is Natty Dreadlock. Right. Yeah. Um, There are a bunch of annotations on rapgenius.com that try to read a lot of meaning into the various numbers of streets, but I don't know if I find it super convincing. Oh. Yeah. He's like, when I've got to reach 7th Street, uh, apparently it was like 7th Street was kind of a, a front of conflict between two different Jamaican political parties, and there was like fights and stuff or something. Hmm. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Um, don't care what the world say. I and I couldn't never go astray. And just like a bright and sunny day. Oh, we're going to have things our way. Natty Dread, Natty Dreadlock. Um, hmm. So there's a lyric here that's kind of interesting. It says, uh, Natty, 21,000 miles away from home. Yeah. Uh, and it says, in 2013, in an attempt to recreate mankind's diaspora, Pulitzer Prize winning journalist Paul... Uh, Salopek began a 21,000 mile trek on foot beginning in Ethiopia. Oops, I clicked out of it. Um, uh, yes. Both the cradle of human civilization and the spiritual Rastafarian homeland, uh, calling his, his adventure out of Eden, Salopek intends to cross the steppes of Central Asia, hug the coast of East Asia, cross the Bering Strait into North America, and ultimately end his journey in Tierra del Fuego on the southern tip of South America. He would do well to listen to a little Natty Dread on his way. <laughs> a little editorial there. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh boy, is he still doing? I mean, that? yeah, he's got time. Why not? Uh, oh, he just posted two hours ago, four hours ago. He he says in a pizzeria in eastern India, the first he's seen in months. Paul Salapak finds a surprising story about the Afghanistan war. Hmm. He's like writing articles the entire way. What? Huh. that's bananas. Uh, and he's he's in eastern India still, so he's got a long way to go. Uh, he's taking taking his sweet time. He's taking his sweet ass time. Yeah. He's been at it for six years and he's uh, not even probably a quarter of the way. <laughs> yep. Um, so yeah, it's uh, 21,000 miles is, is a long ways. Yeah. You have to kind of almost go out of your way to contrive of a distance that far. Yeah. Cause it's, it's clearly not as, as like the crow flies, you know, from right. Ethiopia to Tierra Ter- del Fuego. Hmm. And it's certainly not um, the distance from like Africa to Jamaica either. That's a lot less right, than 21,000 yeah, miles. I'm not really sure where the root of that number comes from. Yeah. 
I don't know. Hmm. Uh, this is probably my least favorite song kind of musically um, and maybe just in general because it, it's pretty repetitive and there's not a lot of uh, kind of hooky things that happen. It's just they're just sort of jamming. Yeah. It's not incredibly engaging to me. But maybe that's not the point of it. Yeah. So jam. All right. Uh, let's go on to Bend Down Low. Oh, so good <laughs> lots of little hooks in this song uh what's it about i though, have Ken? got a notch for your safety pin but bend down low that isn't <laughs> kind of threatening yeah <laughs> like this song is this sounds, a pegging song <laughs> i don't know it sounds a, a little more sinister in context of knowing what bob marley did to his own wife yeah totally bend down low let me tell you what i know oh fisherman row to reap what you sow now let me tell you what i know uh you keep on knocking but you can't come in i get to understand you've been living in sin but if you love me woman walk right in i've got a notch for your safety pin but bend down low i mean the metaphors get a little confusing but it, it all feels like i don't know unnerving yeah he's, when he says like i get to understand you've been living in sin yeah is he is he like claiming that this woman is cheating on him or something yeah but walk right in woman sit right down i will keep on loving you i play the clown but bend down low baby let me tell you what i know is he like spanking her like what why is he asking her to bend down know. low yeah or is yeah, it, it like sort of seems like he's he's saying that he's not going to break up with her for being unfaithful i i'm reading into this a lot but that there will be some sort of like minor kind of retribution in there she's gotta prostrate herself in front of him or something get down on her knees and beg for him to take her back or something yeah maybe or bend down low is that like we're gonna have sex or something uh yeah it kind of seems seems like the inside dance yeah I'm, uh, I'm just looking uh, up yeah, to see if not, not great in light of certain recent yeah. revelations yeah, for yeah, us. Yeah. yeah. I was just looking to see if I could find any uh, slang or patois words. Does not appear to be anything that could uh, shed any light on this. Uh, I don't have anything else to say about the song. Do you? Nope. Let's, Next. Move, let's move on to talking blues. Talking blues. This really is a blues song. He's he got mm-hmm. really into the blues on this record. It would appear so. Yeah, this is even it's right there in the title of the song, "Talking Blues." Although it doesn't seem to be a classic talking blues song because he actually is singing. Right. Yeah, talking blues. Oh, I should have gotten like a little sample of a talking blues. Um, if you have a song, I could pull it up on Spotify. All that's coming up is uh, Bob Marley and the Whalers. Uh, I feel like this is a form where you're sort of playing like a walking kind of guitar line and and you sort of do a a, a folky kind of rap. 
Yeah. Uh, like Bob Dylan. drawly rap over the top of it. Like a lot of Bob Dylan stuff, right? Yeah. He has one called Talking World War Three Blues. Johnny Cash has one singing in Vietnam, Talking Blues. Uh, yeah. Will you just like play one of, the, uh, one of those? Well, let's do the Bob Dylan one. Get to the talking and the blues. Dad's walking in World War Three. Went to the doctor the very next day to see what kind of words he could say. Said it was a bad dream. I wouldn't worry about it none no them old dreams. It's a little bit of uh, Alice's Restaurant kind of vibe. It's like not great to play a a Bob Dylan talking blues because he kind of always doesn't sing. <laughs> <laughs> All yep. of his songs just kind of sound like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, there's a really bonkers verse in here. Um, I don't yes, really know what this song is, is about. Uh, I mean, it's it seems like kind of a, a blues song about, you know, struggling with poverty. Cold ground was my bed last night. Rock was my pillow. Yeah. Uh, they say your feet are just too big for your shoes, uh, which has some metaphorical weight, of course. Yeah. Uh, do you want to play? I took a sample of this whole verse. It's like a longer one. Yeah. Um, do you want to play that? I just like listen to the words and we'll maybe talk about those for a minute because I really don't know what to make of them. Yeah, me either. That's a great lyric. Right now that you know that the preacher is lying. So who's gonna stay at home when when the freedom fights almighty? Yeah, kind of out of nowhere, he's like, "Yeah, I just feel like bombing a church." Yeah. It's a very upsetting thing to just flippantly yeah. uh, mention. Yeah, church bombings are generally looked on as not being great, you know? <laughs> I mean, he says, you know that the preacher is lying. Um, so, right. I, I mean, it makes me wonder if, like, I mean, I don't know. Many church organizations, including, like, the Catholic Church, for instance, have a history of supporting the status quo, no matter how yes. much oppression and uh, shitty stuff um the uh the status quo is perpetrating um so yeah i think in in that sense maybe he mentions freedom fighters in the next couple lines so maybe he is seeing the like the church as being part of the establishment that needs to be taken down in a sort of like revolution but none of that's in the song it's just kind of like out of nowhere he's talking about oh the sun's shining in my eyes and i oh i feel like bombing a church yeah you know just uh you know it's the skippity doo dah. <laughs> not not the greatest reference there, Nathan. But is that one bad? Yeah, zippity doo Oh wait, is it zippity? Oh wait, is that from Song of the South? Yeah. Ah, fuck me. I mean, maybe it's not originally, but I think it's just a Jim Crow, one way or another, like oh, kind of reference. Fuck. At least now it is. Man, yeah, you're right. It's it was like ri- I can't r- say anything anymore without offending anyone. <laughs> <laughs> fuck! It was written for Song of the South. Man, that fucking sucks. I. <laughs> Splash Mountain's oh, canceled. <laughs> no. Is it in Splash Mountain still? 
Yeah, ah, they should zippity doo dah on that. Yeah. I mean, I mostly remember it I mean, out, Splash of, out of context. I mean, Splash Mountain is Song of the South, just without the the one black character. Right. <laughs> yeah. Because that makes it not problematic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, spooky Ride. I don't know yeah. when the last time you've been on it, but it's got I've some never really been on unnerving it. parts. I've never been on it. I've never been to a Disney-style uh, park. Oh, interesting. Is that a I point be- of pride for you, Nathan? It was when I was like 12, but I don't, I don't now know. Now you're just like missing out. Well, I don't know if I go that far. It's fucking expensive, and I just don't want to stand in the hot sun in line with a bunch of other people. Blech. Everything you're saying right now is extremely... Uh, reasonable <laughs> and relatable <laughs> thank you i feel like i don't Speaking hear that often enough in my life whose parents will be taking my family to disneyland uh sometime within the next year or so um and uh part of me is a little bit dreading it oh, but right. it's also i'm natty I'm dreading looking it? forward to enjoying it th- yes that is what i meant thank you yeah you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> I am looking forward to enjoying it th- vicariously through my kid. Mm-hmm. Okay, so putting aside uh, problematic references from Nathan, who didn't remember how problematic they were. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, I think that that's uh, weirdly enough the most interesting part of the song. That just out of nowhere, he talks about how he wants to bomb a church. Um, yeah, but it's just like totally unsupported and. Yeah, most most of the rest of the song is just repeating the lines about cold ground was my bed last night. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. You want to move on to the next one? Yeah, last song, Revolution. Uh, don't we have another one? Amadou? That one wasn't on the original. Uh, it wasn't on the original. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that. So, yeah, let's uh, listen to the it. definitive remastered edition. Yeah. But, Skip that song. Fuck but it. But we're being more definitive than that definitive version. So definitive. By doing the original. Almost too definitive. <laughs> All right, here's the last song Revolution, number nine. Song number nine, that is. I don't want to live in the park. Live in the park. Turn me on, dead man. Can't trust no shadows <laughs> after dark. Cameron, it takes a revolution to make a solution and other rhyming words. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bob Marley has discovered rhymes. <laughs> Too much confusion, yeah, some, so much frustration. Sometimes it does just sort of, the lyrics just feel a little contrived. A little bit. The, the obviousness of the rhymes. Yeah. I feel like that's more of a problem the more syllables you put into a word. Yep. Yeah. Revolution, Add solution. enough syllables and all words start rhyming. Well, maybe on an infinite time scale. <laughs> <laughs> but they might not rhyme the part the different parts of the words might not rhyme with the same uh parts of the other words if you get like, three monkeys uh in a room with a typewriter three um, monkeys in one typewriter I, I don't think that's how this mm-hmm. thought experiment goes Cameron. <laughs> shut up shut up <laughs> i mean i guess it does work if you're talking about infinite time scales it still does work but yeah, yeah. they'll eventually invent two other typewriters and then rhyme every <laughs> word I think that's how it goes. And then I'm they'll sure breed. Don't at me. They'll breed until there are infinite monkeys, and those monkeys will make their own typewriters for themselves. Ergo, achieving infinite monkey tude and infinite typewriter quantity, and on an infinite time scale, 
they'll eventually come up with two words that rhyme. Okay, let me just write another episode title option. We got I Manatee, Infinite <laughs> Monkey Tude. And okay, I'm ready to resume. <laughs> Is that a bit? Or are you going to cut that out? <laughs> we will see. <laughs> okay, fun. All right. I don't want to live in the park. Can't trust no shadows after dark. So, my friend, I wish that you could see, like a bird in the tree, the prisoners must be free. Yeah. This, these feel like they're lyrics written by a child, kind of. Yeah, except for this one. Kill, cramp, and paralyze all week at conception. What? Yeah. Is he advocating for eugenics? How do you kill someone at conception? Um, the morning after pill? Yeah, I guess. Is this like a pro-life verse? <laughs> I mean, it just sounds like eugenics. Kill, cramp, and paralyze all the weak people when they're conceived. Yeah. We've got to be missing something there. Yes. Maybe he. Maybe it's like uh, uh, a miss... Uh, uh, what's, what's the word? Uh, transliterate... Not transliteration. Transcription. And he's like saying weakened conception. And it's like, you know, kill the, the weak conceptions in your mind and like the bad patterns of thought or something. But still, like yeah. kill, cramp, and paralyze. That's just such an odd collection of words to put together. Yeah. And then after it... <laughs> It's really funny that reading the lyrics uh, transcribed because it just says lightning and then in parentheses lightning, and comma and then do to do, do <laughs> thunder do. in parentheses do to do brimstone do to do fire 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 fire. <laughs> it's just sort of a dissociative state at the end of this. Song. I guess so. <laughs> Let eyes is eyes in eyes is black in eyes is red in eyes is dread. It's a little bit like Revelation, mm-hmm. like apocalypse. Let righteousness cover the yeah. earth like the water. I mean, I guess it's... Oh, here we go. Here's here's a uh, an annotator on rapgenius.com who says the line weak at conception is really weak heart conception. Oh. He says, or this person says, if you listen closely, he is saying heart, but it sounds like at because of his accent. A weak heart conception is a belief or attitude that lacks the gut certainty of a revelation. Gotcha. I was on to something. Okay. Um, never make a politician grant you a favor. They will always want to control you forever. So if a fire, make it burn. And if a blood make you run Rasta up on top, can't you see? So you can't predict the flop. So predict the flop. flop. That's, uh, that's how, you know, you'll be prepared for the revolution. If you predict the flop. Yeah, this is, I don't know. This. Yeah. I I think the, the more we we've dug into these songs, I think I'm seeing that it's lyrically not quite as strong as the last one or the one before it. Uh, yeah, I, I definitely checked out towards the end of this album, honestly. Yeah, yeah, me too. Not not be not for external reasons, but specifically, like, I was, like, getting less interested. Yeah. Although, here's something more interesting. You have a sound sample for this song. Oh, do I? Yeah, it's called Return of the... Remember? Remember what it is? Oh, yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Return of the raspberry. Bobby's just (laughs) chomping down on those raspberry tarts in there. Ah, delightful. So good. He just got really cold. Ooh, brr. (laughs) They turned the air conditioning too high up in that music studio. My lyrics are so evocative. I gave myself the shivers. Some people have mixtapes that are fire. His mixtape is fucking ice, bro. That's how (laughs) cool it is. (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, well. 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 Uh, next week we'll be talking about Rasta Man Vibration from 1976, and then we'll have one, two, three, four, five albums after that. We're almost at, we're more than halfway done. Yeah, yeah. This one's a breeze compared to previous certain previous 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> Previous ones. I mean, even MCR felt like forever, and that was only four albums. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, and then we'll have uh, we'll have some interlude episodes, and then we'll be on to the next artist that we haven't chosen yet. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, until next week with Rastaman Vibration, you can visit us online at boxset.website, email us at email at boxset.website, or just go on our Patreon. That's the best. The link will be in the show notes. Uh, we're having some fun times over there. You can write us a review on iTunes or just jam those stars, whatever you got time for. But if you can write the review, that's even better. Uh, and if you want to support us directly and help us keep making the show and not quit out of dumbness, uh, you can go to support.boxset.website. The other thing yeah, you can do... Yeah, I, I think you may have meant to say Discord earlier, but you said Patreon. People Did I say do Patreon? Both, but... Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first one, then the other. Yeah. First yeah. go to the Patreon, okay. and then we'll let you in the Discord, but not really because anyone can get on the Discord. It's free. It's open to everyone. Yep. Uh, there's one more thing you can do, Cameron. Oh, yeah. I have another podcast called Get yes. Up in the Cool. It is an old-time music podcast. It is a musical and verbal interview of Ooh. Appalachian uh traditional music and other traditions as well but all sort of revolving from um the uh, uh northern appalachia um well i mean maybe not like pennsylvania appalachia anyway uh it's traditional <laughs> music uh go check it no, out Cameron, Cameron, uh, be it's more a lot more specific. interesting than i'm making it out to be right now yeah add more irrelevant detail i need to know specifically which regions it's from yeah. and which it's not from uh, but yeah, go listen to it. I, it's I, it's a good time. I believe I believe the episode this week that's coming out uh, in one day is actually going to be uh, an Irish step dancer, and I oh. learned a bunch of Irish tunes for it, so it'll oh. be a little departure. Oh, do do uh, are there many uh, clawhammer banjo players playing Irish tunes? No, I was gonna say <laughs> it's a little uh, unusual, if not unprecedented. I did fine. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Not to oversell it. It's yeah. a really fun interview. You should check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, until next week with Rastaman Vibration, I've been Nathan Hunt, and uh, I feel like bombing a church. <laughs> you know, just one of those days where you get a feeling. I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm scrubbing for skanking. <laughs> oh, scrubbing for skanking. I said, uh, I said, you, I said, so you're not into prog rock and you said no. And I said, oh, you're supposed to say yes. Oh, oh yeah. That's a nice joke. It's I nice. Like isn't it? I mean, yeah. it doesn't hurt anyone. <laughs> you're right. That's, that's the best I can hope for anymore. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh.